everybody, Dennis O'Brien back again on Let's Talk About It. And we've been on for more than 20 years now. I know Keith is Keith Rice has a terrific show. I think he does it on Tuesday before uh, before the neighborhood, and he's counting the number of shows he's done. Well, if we you know I, we we could add it all up too. I mean, but I, we didn't count one by one. Anyway, we've done. More than 20 years, and I want to thank the Gates Group for sponsoring us for all those years, uh, doing a great job of helping out the town in so many ways, including providing uh, this opportunity for us to bring in terrific guests like the one we have tonight. It is Mike Callahan. He is the uh, chairman of the uh, Wyndham Water Commission. That's correct. And also the uh, chair of the... Uh, the renovate uh, uh, Wyndham High School Renovate as New Project, which is ongoing. Anyway, uh, we're going to talk mostly tonight, about, for reasons I will reveal, about uh, what the Water Commission. Uh, that's, a, that's a great topic. That is an important, vital part of our community, as I'm sure Mike and Susan will agree, and Matt. But uh, I'm going to turn this over to uh, Susan Johnson for an important public service announcement. Thank you, Dennis. And I, I just have to say we're very, very, very pleased to have uh, Chairman Mike Callahan here today. Uh, about, you know, talking about the waterworks and all the other wonderful things he's been doing in town for so many years. So I'm just here welcoming um, Mike, and it will be... But, bef but before we get to the show, I do have an important announcement that the Willimantic police are warning against a street takeover somewhere in Willimantic or in the Wyndhams. And uh, they are coordinating with the state police, with Eastern Connecticut State University. They're, on, uh, they're all doing double shifts now, and they're ready for any difficulty. If someone does try to do a street takeover or any group, they can be fined up to $1,000 each. So... Please uh, keep on the awares, and uh, the police are there watching and protecting us. They're a great police department we have here in town, and I just want to make sure everybody is aware of that. All of our listeners are aware. Keep an eye out, and uh, keep your cell phones handy if anything happens so you can contact them right away. All right. Okay. Well, stay safe, folks, and, and thanks for that announcement, Susan. I just wanted to talk a little bit about one of Mike's uh, very important functions in this town, that is as chair of the uh, Wyndham High School renovate as new building committee, and that's been going on for several years. And Mike is going to be making presentations this week, Tuesday, with the board of selectmen. I believe at seven. It starts at seven p.m. And Wednesday, a, a follow-up presentation, and he'll be answering questions from these boards with the board of education at the same time. I believe at seven p.m. At, at wherever they meet at the high school. That's that's correct. Okay, <clears throat> and and so. Because of that, we're going to wait to get into uh, an in-depth discussion about the high school renovation until after Mike gives his presentations this week. We're going to have him come back later in the fall, and we will uh, we will give an update on those presentations and an, an even uh, more uh, current update because he'll be back with new new information because that is a project that is moving forward. Uh, uh, you know, and there's lots to do and, and there's lots that's been done. And I just want to say. It was a great pleasure for me to be involved in the uh, initiation of that project, the application that went to the uh, state, uh, initially created by the uh, Board of Education, which had a building committee in place for a long time, did a lot of work, and then uh, turned it over to the town council to, uh, to uh, file the application with the state. And you, you might ask, why is the town council filing the application with the state? And I was a member of the town council at the time and did work on it. And that's because, uh, as, as a lot of people in a lot of places don't know, the, the, the school buildings in town are owned by the town, 
not not by the Board of Education. The <coughs> Board of Education's really important function under the state uh, uh, the state uh, law. State law, okay. It's under the state constitution. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I, I have, I have we to be, just general. Yeah, I, I need a, I need somebody to check me. The state constitution. No witness on the stand here. Under the state constitution. That's right. I'm a little slow today. Under the, uh, well, under the state constitution, the the, the uh, towns have the responsibility to provide education on a day-to-day basis through the board of education, but but the ownership of the town uh, buildings, capital projects, and whatnot are under the purview of the town council. And with no further ado, I think I'm going to ask Susan Johnson to introduce Mike Callahan. Well, Finally. well I, I am absolutely thrilled again to say that welcome, Mike, to the show. And I know that you know so much about the waterworks, and I know that this is a fascinating topic because we're one of the first places, I think, in the country, if not in the state, uh, to have a, uh, a waterworks system uh, that provides water to the people in the town. Well, the Wyndham wasn't the first water department in the state of Connecticut, okay. but it certainly was one of the early adopters. Um, and um, the one of the comments I'd like to make is, uh, or some of the comments I'd like to make is about the, the historical uh, perspective. Um, but before that, uh, I would like to um, uh, give our listeners a, a little bit of background uh, regarding one of the reasons I agreed to, to come on today is, is of course, I've known Dennis and um, Susan for many, many years. I've been on the program a couple of times as well, and um, I always appreciate being here and having the opportunity to share uh, some of the things that I'm interested in. But um, again, sort of in the light of a public service announcement, uh, the Water Commission will be holding a public hearing at the end of September regarding uh, water rate increases. And um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that near the end of the program, but I wanted to give our listeners a heads up. I'm going to spend a little bit of time uh, at the beginning regarding the history of the Water Department um, and then also share with the community um, pretty much uh, from my perspective uh, what the uh, operational characteristics and treatment capabilities of the facility are and to uh, share with the community some of the challenges that face the water department, but maybe more importantly, um, the things that the water department staff is doing to address these challenges. Uh, and the rate increase is actually one of the things the water department is doing to help with some of the challenges. And, and I'm hoping tonight's presentation will um, provide uh, more context than maybe the public hearing will, uh, but also uh, to add a personal side uh, of the story, um, as well as some of the financial, political, and historical perspectives. Yeah, I, and I think that some of the things that we've done here uh, as, uh, as a town and having a water works system, uh, because it's older, whenever you have older systems, older buildings, older uh, transportation systems, it always costs a little more to renovate than it would to create new. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, Susan. And and the high and again, getting back to the high school, uh, the high school is a really good example of that. Yeah, is yeah. Um, for many many years, uh, the the high school had not undergone any significant renovations, and um, now that we are renovating, obviously it takes time to and money to catch up for some of the uh, investments and repairs and maintenance that were not done uh, over the long run. Um, but again, uh, very much. Uh, like the high school, the water department 
um, is facing uh, a, a number of uh, capital improvement programs that uh, are outlined in our 10-year capital improvement plan, maybe 15 or 20 years down the road or 10 or 15 years down the road, um, we will have to do a very significant upgrade of the treatment facility. Um, and again, none of this uh, is out of the ordinary. Uh, when you have a complicated infrastructure like highway, uh, railroads, airports, any type of public infrastructure uh, requires a continual investment, uh, both of money, time, and effort. And um, the Water Department's done a, a very good job of maintaining and keeping the systems uh, up to speed, but we're really at the point now where it's time to, and the Water Commission has done this, uh, we're really at a point where it's time to, to do a deep dive, evaluate some of the more uh, significant changes that need to occur in the short term over the next, and by that I mean 10 years, uh, and then at some point uh, we will undertake a fairly significant renovation. Um, and, and, and you've done a great job in terms of, I, I hope I'm not going too far off, but uh, that pump, I've always been fascinated <laughs> with that pump at the Waterworks, and, I, and, and you actually were able to um, uh, make it work. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't want to go off your schedule, but no, in terms no. of that pump is a beautiful thing. And I've, I've always been really impressed. And I was really thrilled to be able to take a walk uh, through there a couple of years ago when you invited everybody there to uh, take a walk and, and see mm -hmm. what you needed to do for upgrades. Yeah. And uh, so that pump is, is something that wasn't wasn't at all being used until you got on, on board and then you, then you fixed the pump. Well, that's actually not, not true. Um, oh. Sorry. Uh, but it's a great segue. Um, the, the, the pump, okay, it was the, my idea. Yeah, yeah, no, the, the pump Susan is referring to is, is actually a um, water turbine and pump. Um, and um, one of the things that is uh, really interesting is the water department continues to use water power. The, the water that flows over the dam is actually used to pump the treated water throughout our distribution. And um, the interesting fact is, is the water department since 1880, the mid-1880s, has in fact been using water power to pump water throughout the district. Mm -hmm. So um, I think Dennis wants to get in on here, but I don't know, I should, we to, I, I, should we let him? This is probably the last I, thing I I'm know. gonna say. <laughs> this is probably the last thing I'm gonna say today, except to maybe cut in later on, much later on, to remind folks about Mike's presentation before the town council on Tuesday at seven o'clock and before the Board of Education on Wednesday at seven o'clock about the uh, school renovation. But I did want to say that I'm sorry that I didn't mention, and I think a lot of people know this, but I'm sorry I didn't mention that Mike is an engineer. And, and we first met Mike through a friend of ours who we worked with, whose husband was Mike's partner. Yep. And, and <laughs> Actually, a co-worker of ours from yeah. Legal Aid. Yeah, exactly. Rhoda McCochie. That's yeah. right, that's right, that's right. We were bringing Rhoda into it, okay. <laughs> All right, and the partner was Dave Jackson. Yeah. Okay, and, and, and uh, so Mike is an engineer. Mike, what, what kind of engineer, there's a lot of engineers. What kind of engineer are you? Well, I, I personally am an electrical engineer. Uh, my, my background or my educational background was, was in computer science and microelectronics. But after I graduated, uh, uh, I moved into what is called power systems engineering, which is essentially the engineering necessary to bring electric power to people's homes. And my practice 
uh, in the business I owned and then as a partner at a larger engineering firm uh, more recently was um, doing electrical engineering in buildings uh, and for utility systems and, and municipalities. Um, but that practice um, actually was much broader. My partner, Dave Jackson, was a mechanical engineer, so he and I did projects that involved both electrical and mechanical, and that that's uh, really some of the expertise I bring to the table is related directly related to the work I've done for the last 40 years professionally. And we are so lucky to have you in these dual positions, and yeah. thank you. Well, yeah, I ditto. I, I just really appreciate the fact that you've been there working for the town because mm -hmm. you have done fabulous work here. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I've tried to talk him into running for the town council, but we're better <laughs> off with him doing what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> and he's better off, too. Yeah, yeah I would think so. Um, okay. All right, so... Picking up on the water turbine issue, um, it was a great segue, uh, Thank you. Uh, Susan, is back in the 1880s, um, the town, almost like every other town, certainly every uh, what you might call a city, uh, was really facing uh, rapid growth uh, in the late 1880s. Um, you know, it's the middle of the Industrial Revolution. There's economic, social, and uh, technological advancements that were just uh, racing forward. And many communities found themselves uh, somewhat behind the eight ball. They have large communities, uh, uh, population growth, uh, businesses are growing in their communities. And lo and behold, uh, the wells and the springs that were historically used by the residents for water uh, often became contaminated. Um, and uh, many communities um, struggled to find uh, clean uh, water for uh, not only consumption uh, by human consumption, but for use by their their livestock. Because uh, keep in mind, back in the 1880, there were no automobiles. Uh, everything people got around on horse and buggy, um, and and just as we all know in Willimantic, Willimantic has lots of uh, uh, carriage houses, which house their their houses. I'm I'm sorry, their horses. So water was really critical at that point. And, and again, one of the things in my investigation of the history of the water department that I found really fascinating was that this community came together uh, on a very, very important issue. Um, they, they struggled a little bit. Were they going to take on a, a, a public enterprise and build a water department, or were they going to let private enterprise do it? And um, there were a number of... Uh, uh, attempts by private investors to build water in many towns in the state of Connecticut, some successfully, many not. Um, and I think Wyndham, or Willimantic at the time, it was a, um, the, the old uh, borough of Willimantic, decided a public enterprise would, would be a more appropriate undertaking. Um, they wanted to make sure uh, the, the citizens of the community were in charge, just like they are today, of making decisions about what kind of investments to make. Uh, what kind of technology to use. So back in the 1880s, uh, the, the town, the citizens voted uh, to approve $200,000 to uh, essentially build from scratch the um, Willimantic Waterworks. Uh, at that time, uh, they appointed a water commission uh, and uh, hired engineers and contractors uh, and laborers and essentially uh, they, they dug by hand uh, with the uh, 
teams of horses. They excavated in Mansfield for what is now the present-day Willimantic Water Reservoir. Uh, they hired a, uh, an experienced uh, contractor to build the dam across the Natchaug River, which impounded the water uh, in the reservoir. Um, and they hired a, a, a gaggle of, of laborers to excavate a, a five million gallon reservoir on, on Hosmer Mountain. Um, wow. They hand excavated all of the water distribution pipes from Mansfield throughout Willimantic up to the Hosmer Mountain. I just want to um, stop there for a moment because when I was on the council, I had a hard time in my own mind understanding that we had reserve water on Hosmer Mountain, which is mm. right across town. And I just want to kind of emphasize that a little bit because I don't think most people know that. Well, it's, uh, my, my daughter and her husband and two children live at the base of Hosmer Mountain. Um, and Hosmer Mountain is a high elevation. And we pump water from Mansfield up to that reservation, that reservoir. And that reservoir does two things. It provides storage capacity mm -hmm. so we don't have to run the pumps 24 hours a day. Um, and it also provides for pressurizing the pipes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, again, the engineer that was hired back then in the 1880s was actually uh, very well known. You, if you read the literature, uh, both popular uh, newspapers and technical literature, his name rises to the top uh, uh, often. Um, so once the, the dam was built, the pipes laid, um, the community started to sign up for new water services. Um, and it was, um, I, I want to say 1886, 1887, I don't remember the exact dates. Uh, basically, the first water was being delivered to people throughout the town. Um, it was not a money-making enterprise, and if you look at the town council meeting, or I think it was town council at the time, I'm not sure. Um, the, Board of Aldermen. Or, yeah, or Warrens, or whatever, whatever, whatever the government yeah, form I think was. They were the Alderman the minutes from those meetings uh, indicate that the town had to kick in money every couple of years mm -hmm. uh, to um, sustain the water department. Then eventually it became an essentially a um, self-funding enterprise. Um, and in the uh, turn of the century, in the 1900s, um, uh, the majority of the businesses and households were on the water department. The range was extended as businesses and, and as people built homes up on the hill and a little bit further out uh, toward the Wyndhams and other communities, uh, the water department essentially followed. Um, one important fact, uh, which I think is, or two, which I think are just interesting. Today, we pretty much take the, the, the uh, availability of water for granted. Uh, it's relatively inexpensive as a utility. Um, it is very high quality. Uh, it's subject to a significant amount of federal and state regulatory requirements. So it's, for the most part, um, you can be confident it's safe and healthy to uh, use. But the interesting thing for me is the original uh, waterworks, they pumped raw water out of the Natchog, untreated, and pumped it to res the reservoir, which was not covered. Um, and that was our drinking water. It was essentially untreated river water. Um, and, and, I, and again, I, don't, I haven't done the 
a, a deep dive on the health side, but I assume it was still much better than what was there. Um, it wasn't until the early 1900s, uh, right around 1920, 1930, um, before uh, water departments and, and, you know, the scientific community started to put together um, the idea of treating water with chlorine and, and sand filters. And, um, and I don't remember when the, uh, I don't have the data, when the first uh, treatment was uh, chlorine and other treatment was put in place, but I think it was in the 1920s. So between the late 1880s and the 1920s, almost 30 years, uh, the community was served by untreated water. And uh, another interesting uh, fact is it wasn't until the late 1950s or early 1960s that the reservoir up at Hosmer Mountain was covered. And I've heard anecdotal stories uh, that folks used to uh, swim in the reservoir, uh, unlike days we've had recently here in Willimantic. So uh, we, just to be clear, we don't allow swimming in the reservoir, uh, either in Mansfield, which is, a, you know, a classic open reservoir. Uh, what was often our storage tank on Hosmer Mountain is now covered with locks on the hatches, uh, no swimming allowed. Um, so that's a little bit of a background. Um, and that, that is, you have questions yeah, or comments, I'd like you to jump in. That, that's great. I, I do have some questions because I wondered, um, in some places where you have a waterworks like this, uh, there's a requirement at some point in time that everybody hooks into the water. When the houses were built on the hill or mm -hmm. when the business community uh, was, was here before, a lot of the time before the houses were built on the hill, were they all required whenever they built, do you know, uh, to uh, get hooked up? And that's how the waterworks was able to continue on. I know that that's kind of the progression in some communities that didn't, it started out with well water and then went to went to uh, paid yeah. waterworks. Yeah, that, that's a very, <clears throat> very good question. Um, in the early days, late 1800s, early 1900s, um, there, there were new, there were virtually no regulations. Um, the... Mm -hmm. The um, building of, of water uh, works, large ones like in the city of Philadelphia, um, New York City, Boston, um, many, many communities, uh, were essentially done through community-led efforts uh, in terms of deciding what technology to use, who to hire, what standards of performance would be established. Um, there, there was also a clear... Uh, the beginnings of civil engineering professional societies and people who made it their profession to learn about water, um, and uh, they, they they worked on those standards and and it was they were not codified in law; they were really just uh, good practice standards. Um, but back then, there were no requirements for people to hook up to the water department. Right. So um, there is today, though. Oh, yes. So if you're if you're building a new facility in Wyndham, I believe its state statute requires you to connect to the public mm -hmm. public water. Yes. Um, but back then it was, and I'm going to suggest people signed in or signed up uh, because the quality of the water was significantly better. I mean, there there really was lots of contamination, and and I'll I'll mention a, a another health. Uh, you have to remember in the late 1700s as well as early 1800s there were a number of worldwide cholera pandemics and um 
Cholera is transmitted by uh, uh, water that's been contaminated by human feces. And um, that science uh, really wasn't understood until the mid-1800s. And, um, you know, people, most people can tell when the water quality is pretty bad. And um, so there was a fair amount of incentive for individuals to sign up. Um, mm -hmm. and, and the water, and, and even back then, the water rates... What, what people paid for water was, was actually pretty reasonable, as yeah. it is today. Yeah, so. it's very reasonable. <clears throat> Another follow-up question on, the, uh, on that uh, it would be the pipes and that, that moves into mm -hmm. today and the pipes. And <clears throat> since we have had pipes uh, that haven't been changed since the waterworks was completed, a lot of people have an interest in the, our pipes. And uh, I know when I was on the council, uh, some of the pipes that had been replaced were brought to us, and they had a coating of... Um, sand and grit yep. that stopped the leaching of the lead into <clears throat> the water. If you'd explain that, because you're better at it than I am, you yep. know more about it. Yeah. So um, initially when the water, the water mains that run in the street were installed, those were all cast iron. Uh, they were not lead containing. Uh -huh. But the pipes that ran from the street to the individual homes were in fact of lead. They're 100% lead. Um, initially there was no chemical treatment, so lead could, in fact, leach into the water. Um, and um, once uh, water treatment practices were put in place, um, not only were they treating them for bacteria and biological uh, concerns, but at some point the industry started to discover and realize that there were health, significantly detrimental health effects from lead in from the lead in the lead pipes. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are treatment methodologies which allow the uh, lead pipes to get coated by what's called lead oxide, which prevents the lead from leaching into the water. Wow. And, um, and Wyndham, although, uh, and I'll mention this now, um, in Wyndham and most water uh, departments, the pipes between the cast iron pipes in the street and the property line are owned by the water department. And then from the property line into the house is typically owned by the homeowners. Um, in Wyndham, uh, we have the water department has replaced virtually 100% of all of the water department owned lead pipes over the years. That's been uh, in the late 50s, early 60s, we stopped using, well, even earlier than that, we stopped using lead pipe. And then we've made an effort, whenever we're doing any work in the street, to remove the lead pipes. There are uh, homeowners in Willimantic that have lead services from the, their property line into their home. And that's a, a very good question, Susan, because right now the water department is undertaking a pretty significant um, lead pipe assessment uh, which is being driven by both federal and state regulatory or, or regulatory requirements. Um, we've been uh, looking at our historic records. We've been doing investigations in individuals' homes. We've been asking people to self-report if they have lead pipes. Uh, that program uh, were required to be complete by the end, I think it's October of 2024, so we have about another year uh, to identify any lead pipes owned by the homeowner. Um, I would like to reiterate um, that the water department tests the water uh, at the treatment plant, in all of our storage tanks, and at a, a number of points throughout our water distribution system 
for lead, copper, arsenic, and other, a wide range of other chemicals. Um, and all of our testing for lead, arsenic, and copper are well below the regulatory requirements. Um, and uh, there, there is no, at, at this point, there is no regulatory basis for us to remove lead pipes or for homeowners to remove lead pipes. Now, having said that, um, and again, I, I don't like to evoke Flint, Michigan, but I will. Oh, I was going to ask you. Because that's, that's on a lot of people's minds. Um, it is. Thank you. Um, what happened in Flint is they changed their treatment process, and what happened, in essence, they ruined that lining that protect the lead pipes. As a result of that, there, there is a pretty significant drive at the federal level to eliminate lead pipes from all water service or all water departments. So in fact, uh, over the long run, the, the homeowners and or the water department uh, or some combination will uh, be very likely having to address lead pipe removal. Uh, there's no, in my judgment, and I think if you talk to others, there really is no um, regulatory basis um, and um, I don't see uh, that the, that there'll be any significant issue, short term and or long term. I just want to say that the uh, that the Willimantic Water Works had had it down, and I, apparently Flint had it down before they changed mm -hmm. and changed the pipe, and then they got rid of that lining that we had created in our pipes, and uh, and I was always stunned to think that the people in Flint didn't know that they were going to poison the people of Flint when they did that. But we here in Willimantic have done an excellent job of making sure that everything is working properly and it tastes very good. And I have to let us go now back to our sponsors, but you know we will be right back with Chairman Mike Callahan, who has done amazing work at Willimantic Water Works, and we'll be right back after these messages. So, I, How much longer? After the commercial, how much more? Twenty minutes. Twenty. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, yeah. you know, I, 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 couldn't help but say at some point. So I want to, <laughs> lead, I want to do the lead-in for the second half of the show. Of course. Because I always have to mention New Britain on the show. Uh, okay. Well, they got water. <laughs> and, and, and I got to tell you, got water. I got to tell you that <laughs> they don't have water. You talk about <laughs> taking, taking, taking wonderfully tasting, terrific, uh, safe water for granted. That's me, mm -hmm. because I grew up in New Britain, mm -hmm. and New Britain's water has always been rated very highly, mm -hmm. and, and, and rightly so. I mean, because when I, when I drink water here, it tastes to me like New Britain water, mm -hmm. and it's great oh, water. And, oh, well, there, there's these uh, uh, contests, I think, they used to have. I don't know if they still, still do. Still do. Yeah. Yeah. Best I'm, tasting I'm water. Mention, yeah. yeah, he's going to mention And yeah. it was either New Britain or, or, or Willimantic every year. We yeah. won. Yeah, we won. Yeah, we, we, won. We, we, we won recently. We can yeah. talk about that. <laughs> but, but, but anyway, I, I talk about <laughs> taking it for granted, because I, I remember working in Middletown for a while, and the water in Middletown was just awful. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was boring. This water <laughs> tastes great, and it's safe. Mm -hmm. and, and, and New Britain was the same way. Because yeah. New Britain is a real industrial yeah. revolution town. Yeah. Yeah. Big well, I time. Just, I just was so just shocked like at what happened in Flint. Oh, and yeah. that, and that we knew that. Yeah, we knew how to operate here and how they could have done that. 
it just is beyond be belief. If, and that the EPA did nothing, even under the Obama no. administration. They just watched I'm going to invoke the germaneness rule over Flint, Michigan. <laughs> Let's stay in Connecticut. <laughs> Britain is okay, not Flint. Come on. Okay, but it was just like Come a, on. This, 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 is, a lot of, this is great information. <laughs> yes, it Fantastic. is. Fantastic. I, I, I have learned so much today. Now, I want to ask one question <laughs> off the... Uh, uh, well, no, we're that still, was just the introduction, Dennis. I, I know, I know. You're not going to get through it all. Well, you can. You that's can. why we're getting that's back that's here. We're going to get oh, back. Listen. Back. <laughs> that, I, I had a question about the uh, lead oxide. Uh -huh. that, that, how, how do you how do you put that in the pipe? It 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 puts itself there. I, it's I, thought, a chem, it, yeah, I it's figured a, it had yeah, to. Yeah, it's a chem. It's just a you have you have you have lead on in the pipe, and yeah. obviously water water has a huge amount of oxygen yeah. dissolved in it, yeah. and. Uh, and oxygen is a very reactive material, yeah. and it and lead is a very receptive, uh, heavy metal, and so it's uh, the that lead oxide. And it's a little bit more complicated than that. But that will uh, that answer will be on our television show yep. when it, when it yep. appears on television because yep. we're still we're still being recorded yep. with the. Yep. Okay, that's yep. that, that's great. But, but but again, it's it's really it's it's a it's a it's a chemical reaction that's driven by the amount of oxygen, the temperature. Uh, we add other chemicals to. Uh, facilitate that coating, um, but it's primarily lead oxide. Yeah, I didn't think light, that. Yeah, I didn't think that the chair of the water commission was somehow conform, uh, uh, transform himself into mini Mike and swim through the pipes. Can I paint it and do it? Okay. And do, I was going to ask about wait, 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 I'm not finished. I'm not finished. You do more talking than I do. Give me a break. This happens all the time. So, so this is what people really wait for, is the commercial <laughs> yes. break, right? No, okay. no. It's, it's, well, now, listen, I, now, now I know. It is not easy to do an interview show. Like, I, I always tell Wayne Norman, it is not as easy to do an interview show with a, with a partner as it is to do it by yourself. Uh, of course. In fact, when, <laughs> all right, times, ask the question. I want to talk to him about copper. Yeah, one minute. Uh, oh, oh, plenty right. of time. Uh, you were you, talking about copper I, being I in got water. My, yeah. right. I always thought copper was safe in the pipes so I well <laughs> a way to answer that question a way to think about it um, everything in the universe is mixed up with everything else there's no there's nothing pure, pure yeah. about anything mm -hmm. and um, so and many substances um, are perfectly harmless at very low levels of concentration Index. And as the concentration gets greater, they become I see. a bigger issue. Okay, all right. Um, I, I just you thought. can open up, Susan. Yeah. Three. I had my. Two, I had my say. One. Welcome back, everyone. This is Susan Johnson. I'm here with my co-host Dennis <coughs> O'Brien and our very special guest this evening, the chairman of Willamette Waterworks, Mike Callahan, and he's also chairman of the school building committee. He's doing great work everywhere. He's an engineer, and he's really done great work for the town. Uh, sharing his great, great expertise in all these different areas. So we were just talking about uh, the history, and now I think you wanted to go into uh, maybe what's going on currently. Yep. Okay. I, good. I would. Thank yeah, you. Great. Thank um, you. So to give to give some context to our current operation, um, the the water department. Uh, its main building and treatment facility is located in Mansfield, Connecticut. Um, just opposite of the um, uh, Big Y area, um, we have a uh, what's called a run of the run of the river reservoir, uh, which um, 
basically is the source of our water. That reservoir is filled from the Army Corps uh, flood diversion dam, which is upstream, uh, which is, most people know, Mansfield Hollow. Uh, there's a fair amount of impounded water there. So um, we get our, uh, our water from uh, the largest watershed in Connecticut, uh, which comes from the three rivers, the Mount Hope, the Natchaug, and the Fenton Rivers, which if you go north of here, run up through Chaplin, Eastford, uh, Willington, um, and so we get the benefit of this uh, large watershed, and it happens to be quite pristine. There's, there's plenty of houses, but there's otherwise very little development in our watershed. Um, and, and that's an important uh, factor when it comes to the quality and availability of our water. Uh, the state of Connecticut, uh, I'd like to remind folks, is, is really um, fortunate. We get almost 55 inches of water every year. Um, we have, uh, particularly last year, we, we do get in, into situations where we have to um, be careful about how much water we're, we're dispensing, uh, but nominally or in general, we, we really have an abundance of water, and we're, we're fortunate to have the Army Corps flood dam upstream. We're fortunate to have our reservoir uh, as well. Um, the annual budget, <clears throat> operating budget for staff, material purchases, capital improvements, debt service um, is about 3.5 to $4 million per year. Um, we have a uh, staff of 16 people. Um, we have our, our water superintendent, our assistant superintendent. Uh, we have our uh, treatment operators. We have our office staff. Uh, and we have what are called watermen and maintenance people. Uh, it's, a, it's a great group. It's, we're just about right-sized. Uh, I think we're a little understaffed. Uh, we often have that discussion with our superintendent. Um, but our staff really does a wonderful job. Um, they're all uh, municipal employees. Uh, they're supervised uh, by the town manager. Um, the uh, Water Commission is a policy and budgeting uh, uh, entity, uh, we do not uh, do HR, human, human relations, or do direct management of the staff. We advise and guide, but uh, the water department staff really uh, works for the town. Um, I should make it clear uh, that at this point, all of the undertakings by the water department are paid for by ratepayers, not taxpayers. Um, we get uh, virtually no money from the feds and the state government. And that's been classic in the United States. Um, there's often money for uh, sewer treatment facilities, but not for water treatment. Mm -hmm. That's changed a little bit recently, and we're hoping to, to leverage that as time goes forward. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a really important point. And I just want to say that some people had wanted to have this all under the uh, guise of the uh, auspicious of the of the town mm -hmm. and I said well that would leave out payment from uh, large entities like the Eastern Connecticut State University that pays a water bill and uh, mm -hmm. you know if you put it under a, a, in a taxable circumstance then uh, then they would be tax-free yeah. so uh, so this is something I think is a good point to make to people so that they really understand the fact that these these costs which are very 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 low uh, for the wonderful water we get 
uh, lower than uh, what we pay for our cable bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, so That's just sure. saying, and the cable isn't necessary like the water is, folks. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but uh, this is something that uh, is very, very important to understand that financing aspect. So I just want to point that out. Yeah, yeah, and the. I think the state legislature back in the late 1800s got it right. They wanted water departments to be separate and independent from the political bodies in town. Um, so even though the staff is, ad- is administered by the town, it's the policy, it's the water commission. We are appointed. We are not elected. Um, it, it, it's a nice arm's length away from the politics in that we are then beholden to our rate payers and the quality of the water, not necessarily um, the political uh, winds of the day. And, and that, I think, I give the legislature in the late 1800s a lot of credit for keeping water, uh, municipal water departments separate uh, from the, the governing bodies, the main governing bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, so another uh, interesting fact is uh, the water department treats on average, about 2.5 million gallons per day. Uh, we treat and pump. Uh, we are permitted and we have the capacity uh, in the river of uh, drawing 400, uh, I'm sorry, about 4 million gallons per day. So we have a, we have a fairly, fairly significant margin. Um, our growth has been relatively flat um, in terms of water. It's, it's stayed around the Two million gallons per day uh, for for decades, um, so we have we have a, a reasonable amount of margin in terms of um, capacity. Um, some of the the programs that we uh, uh, run through the water department, we do backflow protection inspections to make sure large industrial facilities, if they're using uh, our water, uh, that that water doesn't end after it may have been consumed there, doesn't back back up into our system. Uh, we have a leak detection and notification program. And really what that means, and this is probably an important point for our homeowners, is our staff and the software that we have to do our billing is able to flag if your quarterly or monthly water consumption is, is out of, is abnormal. And um, if you get a water, a call from the water department, um, it's typically we're trying to tell you, hey, listen, w- w- our meter readers identified higher consumption than normal. You should check to make sure you have, don't have a leak. So that leak protection, leak detection and notification programs can save the homeowner money if their toilet is leaking or if they've left a sprinkler on. And, and I've done that. I've left my sprinkler on for well, a couple we of days. Too. We actually got the uh, leak detection notification and uh, had them come out, had the water department come out and mm-hmm. identify where the leaks were, and we had them fixed. And, uh, you know, our bill went right back down. So Yep. Well, that's, that's the whole purpose. <laughs> Thank you uh. for that. <laughs> very, very good. And while we're on this area of protecting the water, I do remember when I was on the council and shortly thereafter, um, that there had been um, so many things that we tested for. And I learned on the council that you only will know what's in the water if you test for it. Mm-hmm. And so then there were some laws that were passed by the federal government to require something like 500 different things to be tested for back in the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that's yep. changed, or, but if you could tell us a little bit about how, how you do that, that yep. would be great. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good in addition to the things I just mentioned, is one of the 
primary obligations of the water department is to ensure the water is safe. Mm -hmm. and, and we do that by having filtration, chlorination, um, but the, the, the real bottom line is, okay, is this water safe from a regulatory standpoint? And both EPA uh, at the federal level and Department of Public Health at the state level have uh, very specific criterion for water testing. Um, so uh, we are required to test for bacteria and other pathogens, uh, number one. Uh, we are look at a wide, wide range of, of hydrocarbons, um, which are representative of some type of contamination in the, in the water system, mm -hmm. not the water system per se, but in the watershed. We look at volatile organic chemicals. And then um, another very important uh, uh, test regimen is looking for what are called heavy metals. That would be lead, copper, arsenic. Um, those heavy metals have been known at, at certain levels of concentration, high levels, to cause uh, neurological and other uh, developmental uh, problems. And both the federal and state regulation identifies those criterion. More recently, and people have probably seen it in the news, uh, there's a big concern about PFOS. Yes. And don't ask me what PFOS stands for, but I, I know it was a primary agent in firefighting foam, as well as many, many consumer goods, uh, like on cooking surfaces and things like that. Um, and also in your sofas, it's been put, it's been a fire retardant uh, yep. for uh, forever, for the last several years when yep. they got rid of the old fire retardants. They and we just uh, we just actually appropriated more money in, in, the, in the legislature to address PFAS, and uh, we've been looking at it and working on yep. it. So PFAS is a big problem, yep. yes. So the water department, even though there's no regulatory context yet, for PFOS for water departments. The water department's been very proactive mm. and has, has already tested uh, not only our treated water, but our uh, reservoir as well. And I expect the state and maybe the feds will, will uh, be coming out with a, a, a much more rigorous testing regimen. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. uh, we're at this stage, we're reasonably confident um, that we're, we're in pretty good shape when it comes to PFOS. Yeah, the, uh I just read the other day there was a list of towns that were, um, you know, contaminated with yep. PFAS, and uh, I look at it. For one thing, I'm concerned about our town. I'm also concerned about some of the towns I represent as an attorney, mm -hmm. and I didn't see any on the list. Certainly, yeah. uh, Wyndham was not on the list, yep. and my hometown of, uh, oh, I haven't mentioned them yet, New Britain was <laughs> not on the list either. Finally. But I'll leave it at that for <laughs> But yeah, PFAS is something that we're all talking about, and yeah. we have allocated money, mm -hmm. and there should be there should be more money from the federal government with respect to that. And one thing I wanted to mention is that uh, sometimes it just settles to the bottom uh, once it's there, but if it's disturbed, then uh, that may create a problem. So it's just yeah. something that you have to keep monitoring. Yeah, yeah, it's not uncommon for uh, contaminants to settle into the sediments in the reservoirs. Um, and so it, it, it is important that uh, the, they are not disturbed. So starting to, to come to a conclusion, um, part of our current challenge is, even though presently we're staffed just about right number, we have excellent staff in all of our positions, um, staff turnover um, has been an issue at the Water Department. Um, 
and there's a there's a number of reasons for that. Um, is um, it, one of them is just straight up demographics. Uh, folks are getting older. Um, uh, working in a water department, uh, particularly if you're a waterman, is incredibly physically demanding. Uh, if 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 you recall in the past, a couple times a year we'll have a major water main break because of freezing pipes. Yeah. And I've got to tell you, our guys are out there in their in their uh, in their equipment digging those pipes up. But a lot of times they're down in the trenches fixing those pipes. So uh, the the work can be very physically demanding. So staffing is an issue. Recently, the Water Commission's done a good job of of uh, addressing salaries, working conditions, and I think we're right about where we need to be with staffing. Um, the other thing I mentioned earlier, there there's not a lot of state or federal funding to support water systems, so that that means the ratepayers really have to bear the entire burden, and that that's a challenge. We we're, we've been pretty good at working working that. Um, I do have to say, as I mentioned earlier, we are going to have a public hearing in the late September regarding rate increases, and that's because one of our challenges, and it's really the, been the primary responsibility. Uh, of the Water Commission, and and I will say as commissioner, uh, as chairman, that maybe we could have done a better job with this, is we've had historic low water rates in Wyndham. Yes. Historically, we've been at the lowest one-third for other, the range of water rates in Connecticut. Um, we probably should have been uh, more f uh, forward-thinking and had instituted uh, more frequent and smaller incremental raises. Um, we we haven't our last uh, rate increases um, uh, were the, the and we typically do them over multiple years. Uh, we're in 2005, um, 2006, and 2007, and then more recently we had rate increase rate increases 2019, 2020, and 2021, um, and uh, our, our policy going forward now is to make sure we catch up and then have uh, rate increases that match inflation and other costs that are driven by regulatory requirements. So, um, you know, it's, it's an old plant. Uh, we have a pretty strict regulatory climate, um, and um, we're really, we're, we're under, um, uh, we're, we're, we're ready to tackle these challenges and as a result of that we're going to need further investment from our ratepayers so and, and we'll have more information we'll probably do uh we'll we'll do either another public presentation somewhere or we'll, at during our hearing we'll have additional we'll have to have you back for that that would be wonderful yeah, yeah we might Happy have to have him back for that as well as uh, mm -hmm. uh to talk about the uh the school and the mm -hmm. uh, school yep. renovation and you know i want to remind everybody a uh, great presentation by mike Callahan today, fantastic, and uh, he's going to do the same thing with the school renovation uh, uh, matter on uh, Tuesday. Uh, that's I think that's what the seventh, the sixth. Tuesday is the sixth of September at Town Hall, seven o'clock in front of the Town Council, and Wednesday at the same time with the Board of Education. So I, I guess those those meetings can be accessed electronically. Not sure, yeah. but if you can access it electronically. Tune in because it'll be a great presentation, just like what you heard today about the Water Commission and the Water Department. Mike, I want to thank you so much. Look forward to having you back again real soon. Yep. 
for talk about, talking about water and talking about the high school. Yep. Thank you so much. And uh, we're going to be back next week with another fabulous show. I don't know if we can top this one, but we'll be back next week. And we do have uh, great guests on our show. That's why it's so popular. That's why so many people listen. This is Dennis O'Brien with uh, Susan Johnson, Matt Rupar, and most important of all, Mike Callahan uh, saying have a nice holiday weekend. Thank you.